Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. Matthew 16, verse 13, if you're there, shout amen. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? They said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Father, I love you. Thank you for this day, this time, this place, for these that have come out this morning, Lord, and on this dreary day. But God, the sun's shining above the clouds. It never goes out. We praise you for allowing us to be here. I can't do this without you. I pray it be a blessing to those that are here to listen today. God, those that might be viewing on the video. I pray that you'd fill my mouth and guard my tongue and help me be accurate inside the Holy Writ. I'm praying, God, if they'd be lost people, they'd be saved and they'd be saints of God, they'd be encouraged. God, I know what I am and I know who you are. God, it amazed me that you called me to do this work, but you have. I'm going to do the best I can today and I'm going to leave all, God, all the effect of this word lies upon the Holy Spirit today. God, my responsibility is to sow this seed. Praise God. And his is to draw. <laughs> do that. Would you do that today, Lord? And all for your glory. I'll crawl off in a corner somewhere and hide. For the glory of the king. I ask it in the king's name, Jesus. Amen. And amen. I want to, here's what the preacher whispered to me up there. Brother Danny Blevins said this. He said, I got a thought for a message, preacher. I don't know what you're going to do with it. Mistaken identity. I want to preach this morning on mistaken identity. We have here in this particular passage, this is Jesus' farthest trek north. This is as far north as he went. It's up at the Golan Heights at the, at the bottom of Hermon. He's there. This isn't Caesarea by the sea. This is Caesarea Philippi in the northern region. So here he is in the northern region. And just a little history here so we'll know about the area. In this area, there was, a, there was several temples built to pagan gods. One of them was Pan. Pan, you've seen pictures in Greek mythology of the half goat, half man playing a flute. That's Pan. He's playing flute. It's where we get our name Panic from, the English word Panic. Oh, Pan, the Greek god who is little G, he's not a god at all, made up in the mind of some man. But here he is, he's running around playing the flute, scaring people, running people off. It's chaos, pandemonium, panic around the idolatrous pagan god Pan. There's a big temple built him. There's one built there to Caesar. There's, 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 a, there's a place there against the bluff where the spring was. And they call it the nymphs court. And all this was decorated up. And there was things growing. And it was popular 
with the populace. And they come to this place to worship their pagan god. Jesus walks all the way north. He goes all the way up there to this place. He stands in front of these, get this, the backdrop is these pagan temples. And Jesus stands in front of them. He said, who do people say that I am? He wasn't paying. He wasn't one of the Caesars. He wasn't a nymph. And he wasn't these things or that. He's God in the flesh. So we see the area, beautiful area that he's in. He's standing in front of these pagan temples. That's the backdrop when he asks them the question. So then after we see the area and we hear the question, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? But if you want to ask people today, you go out and ask people, say, who is Jesus? You'll get some wild answers. People, people, they don't read the book. They don't read the book. If they do, they don't believe it. They try to read it like a novel. You know, it's spiritually discerned, by the way. So here's the question today. But whom say ye that I am? See, a lot of people say a lot of different things, but it's mistaken identity. They don't know who he is. They don't know who he is. They don't know what he done. And for a large part, they don't care. If they really cared, you couldn't get a seat in a sanctuary across America today. It'd be like it was in revival last week. They had them sitting everywhere. I mean, chairs set out, sitting against the wall, sitting on the stage. They put my wife on the stage for somewhere to, uh, to sit that night and ask her to stand up. I said, oh boy, the preacher's a dead man. She stood up and gave him the princess wave. <laughs> Packed. If people really knew mistaken identity, they don't know who he is. They don't know who he is. We see the area they were in. We hear the question that he asked. But then we see the answer of Peter. Now, we're talking about him in Sunday school this morning a little bit. I want us to get a hold of this. We get old Peter right here. And the rest of them don't say anything. Or it's not recorded that they did. And Peter is very dogmatic when he answers this. And he may have missed a lot of things. But he nailed this one. He said, thou art. Look at it. Look at it. In verse number 16, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He's the only begotten son of God. Is there anyone in here disagree with that this morning? That he is the only begotten son of God. He's God manifest in the flesh. He's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He was the virgin born. Son of the living God. He died the vicarious death for us on Calvary. Praise God, got up victorious over death, hell, and the grave. That's who he is. Who is he today? Who say ye that I am? Jesus asked the question. And I'm reading this. And my mind 
You can go back one page in your Bible probably. Go back to chapter 14. And let's, let's illustrate this message. And I can do this in 20 minutes. Let's illustrate this message. Let the word of God illustrate this message. I want us to see just a few things right here. Begin in verse number 22. And Jesus has constrained his disciples. That means strongly compelled. Just short of tying them up and dragging them. He's constrained them to get into a ship. And where are they going to go? To go to the other side. Before him. To go before him to the other side. Now that's a message in itself. But he sent the multitudes away. There's coming a time when his disciples are going to the other side and the multitudes are going to be sent away. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. When the multitude finds themselves in the valley of decision, that means they made the wrong choice. So the multitudes are in the valley of decision. He's sending the multitudes away, but he's sending his disciples to the other side. Everybody in here is saying, hallelujah, we got that, right? Watch this. Now, it's evening. They're in the ship. Jesus is alone. Now, what we have here, you've heard me preach this before. He's up on the mountain. And they're down on the water. That is a picture of him being in the place of mediator and the water being a picture of the world. Anything you, you float on is a picture of the world. They walked through the world when the Red Sea parted to get to the promised land. That's a picture of that. Water you drink is what? Spirit. And water that washes you is what? The word. And water that you travel on or through is the world. You can follow that all through the Bible. When you're reading it, if it's drinking water, relevant, typifying spirit, washing water, the word, they washed the cups and the pans and all these things had to be washed. The vessels had to be washed to be used. Then the water they're traveling on, the great whore in Revelation 17, setting up on many waters, multitudes, peoples, nations, and tongues, speaking to the world. We know that. So we've all got that in us now. We know what that is. Here's Jesus up high, watching him down here in the world. Down here in the world, they're having trouble. And then we come to verse 26. Jesus sees them. The fourth watch is the darkest hour of the night. And in your darkest hour, I'm going to tell you by experience, in your darkest hour, somebody comes walking by. In your darkest hour, somebody's coming walking by. He's no respecter of person. He walked by for them, and bless God, he's walked by for me. I mean in the dark time, in the hard time. In the broken time, in a time when it don't feel like you got a friend in the world, all of a sudden, praise God, somebody comes walking by. Who might that be? That'd be Jesus, hallelujah. But then, but then, but then, watch this. They see him. Here he comes. 
just left them a little bit ago. But he didn't get in the boat with them. But he's watching them. He's on the mountain praying. And they see him. But even seeing, they're mistaken. Even though they see him, they're mistaken. I don't know about that, preacher. They were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. <laughs> it can't be him, because nobody can walk on the water. Now, it may be a spirit floating across the water, riding the airwave on the water, but it can't be him. It can't be Jesus. They've seen him, they've seen him feed the people. They've seen him heal the blind. They've seen him touch the lame. They've seen him cast out demons. They've even done that themselves. They've seen all these things. But hey, they ain't nobody can walk on the water. Here he comes. Who is that? I'm seeing him. They're mistaken in the identity. You know why? Because of the condition they're living in. <laughs> You know what happens? What time was it? Dark, fourth watch. Darkest time of the night. That's when we need him the most. And we see him. You know what Jesus said to him? He said, when you've done it unto the least of these my brethren, you've done it unto me. Do you know what that means, Brother Branch? That means we're the hands and feet of Jesus. Is Jesus with us? No, he's watching us. Now, his spirit is with us. He indwells us. And the indwelling spirit enables us. So, sometimes the identity is mistaken, Brother Bob. When people see, they just don't recognize you as Jesus. So, well, I'm not Jesus. So, when I needed help, because Jude's sewer system's not what it ought to be when you add four more people into the house and it's not what it ought to be. Jesus come by. I said, let me help you. Is anybody getting a picture? Are you understanding that that's you? That that can be us? When we do those things, in the name of the Lord, we offer a cup of cold water. What I mean, as small as it seems. And he said, praise God. Hey, they may be seeing, but they don't recognize why it's mistaken identity. Somebody gave me flowers last Sunday. I got home from Ohio. And you know what? Then things are in full bloom still on my table. Just bless me good. He puts things in front of us. People don't see you for that. Listen, it, because of the condition was hard, the time was hard, it was a hard time. The storm was here, the night was dark. 
They're expecting just, they've sailed that sea a thousand times. They're expecting just to blow across on the other side. But all of a sudden, they can't get to the other side. Hey, what are they going to do? And here comes the very one to help them. But they mistake who it is. Oh, they see him. They didn't believe it, Jimmy. Mistaken identity. They're seen. But oh, let's go to another verse. It's not just the seeing. But straightway Jesus spake. He said, Be of good cheer it is I be not afraid. He's not, they're not only seeing him, he's speaking to them. Eric, I think he spoke to you, brother, and I think you heard him. Oh, they're seeing him. And he's speaking, but here, mistaken identity. Why? Because they're confused. Now, I'm going to be honest. There have been some times he spoke to me, and I thought, he's calling me to preach. I'm going, call somebody else. And he's speaking. Death and life are in the power of this thing. Death and life in that thing right there. You can kill things or you can bring them to life with that right there. A word fitly spoken like apples of gold in pictures of silver. Praise God, that's beautiful. Fitly spoken. Here it is. He's speaking to them. He's speaking to them. He said he's speaking to you. He's speaking to you. You know what? You know what we do? Matthew, great singing this morning. But you know what we do? We listen to people other than Christ. He's doing the speaking. And we're confused by it. And mistaken identity. That can't be him. But how do we know if it's him? We try the spirit. See if they be a God. How do we know what that is? When it lines up with the word of God, it's of the spirit of God. If it's contrary to the word of God, it's not of God. It's the spirit of Antichrist. We know it's his spirit that speaks to us because, listen, he guides us in all truth. Is anybody with me this morning? Andy Patterson would say, is anybody out there alive? Hallelujah, I got another one back there. Glory to God. He's speaking, but they're confused. Even though they're told. Watch what he says. He has said, be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. I love those words right there. And Peter answered him. And said, Lord, if. He's still confused. Mistaken identity. Could you tell me who else is going to come walking on the water? Who else is going to come to you in that darkest, hardest time? Who else can do that? Listen. There's a time when my wife can't console me. And if you've not been in that place yet. Just keep living. 
there's a good chance you'll get there. There's only one can help you. And us, us preachers are a, are a completely different breed. And, and I wish it wasn't. But Gordon nailed it in Sunday school this morning. It's the principalities and powers that we fight against. That, And I'm not puffing preachers up. It, we're a pitiful lot, I'll just tell you. We're a pitiful lot. But we fight things that the, the layman don't have a clue about, not a clue. Not even our wives know. They don't know. So now you're putting yourself up. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm just going to tell you. I'd have thrown in the town quit a long time ago. Got me a day job somewhere and hung light fixtures. Sometimes he's speaking. Don't be confused when it's him. Don't be confused. You know what he'll do? He'll draw you. He'll say, come. How do you know that? What did he say to Peter right here? What did he say? Come, come. Thank you, Jim. Now, they've seen him, but they're mistaken. And they heard him, but they're mistaken. Now, this is what blessed me right here. This is what blessed me. So Peter just gets out of the boat. Say what you want to about old Peter. But they weren't none the rest of them got out. Don't you guess that they're just like free will Baptists? They're saying, he's going down. He's going down. Watch him. Don't get out of the boat, Peter. That first step had to be a doozy, Cameron. Don't you know when that foot hit the surface of that water and old Peter stood there, he thought, Hallelujah. And the Bible said, Randy's preached it. I've heard him preach it two or three different times. On Peter walking on water twice. And Peter walked on water. He walked. But watch this. I'm nearly done right here. I'm nearly done. They'd seen him. Mistaken identity. He'd spoke. Mistaken identity. Peter was compelled, Peter, come, Peter, Peter desired, Peter desired to go to him. Wonder why. Was it to prove him? You know what the Lord said in Malachi 3? One time in the Bible, God said, prove me. Peter knew the law. Now, he may not know it like the Levite. But I'll tell you, fisherman's pretty, pretty uh, familiar with uh, Malachi 3 and him having to give everything he caught, give part of that to somebody. Why'd you do that, Jay? Get out. I want to come. Come on. Come. I want you to come. Now, I don't have, I don't have that. That's not my point. That's my question. But here's my point. It's going to help you. Fourth watch. Worst time of the night. Unable to get to where God has sent them on their own. They can't. That's another message. You can't get there by yourself. They can't get to the other side. He's, even though he's watching, they can't get there until he's in the vessel. Hello. He's going to get in the boat. Look. 
He comes walking by because he knows they're in trouble. Mistaken identity by vision. Mistaken identity by his voice. But when Peter gets out on the water and starts to sink. Now, Peter knows. You get it with this. Peter knows he's going down. The other boys in the boat, stay with me. The other boys in the boat aren't yelling, Lord, save me. There's only one crying out, Lord, save me. And that's the guy that knows he's going down. Churches are sitting full of people today that have no, they don't know they're going down. They're just riding the boat. They don't care about the storm. They're just watching. They're seeing. They're hearing. But they're not being saved. They don't know they're going down. Oh, Peter knows. Peter knows. Peter knows. When you get to the place that you know you're going down, there's not but one Jason to call out to. And he said, Lord, save me. Here's what happened. It may have been mistaken by the vision what they saw. It may have been mistaken by what he spoke. But when he saved him, you know what he done? He touched him. <laughs> there ain't no mistaking when he touches you. You may be confused about what you've seen. Or you may be confused about what you heard. But you'll not be. It'll be unmistakable when he touches you. You're going to know it's the master. And after this, Peter's at Caesarea Philippi. And there's not a doubt in Peter's mind. When he said, thou art the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, the one we've been looking for. Thou art. Why? Because they ain't nobody else could save me but you. The boat couldn't save him. His buddies couldn't save him. Listen, the boisterous wind couldn't save him. The only one that could save him was the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And when he called out his name, he died. And to save him, he had to touch him. You know what they all said in 33? Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. They knew it because what he done for Peter. Mm. They learned it because what he done for Peter. Others learn it because what he done for you. Has he touched you? If you're unaffected by this, if you're unaffected by this, you may be seeing people that's out here living for God. You're hearing the word, hearing the songs, hearing this, hearing that, just a little confused by it. But if he's touched you, you know. 
You know if he's touched you. Do you need a touch today? Do you know that he don't just always touch you once? Sometimes he touches you twice. Sometimes what we see is a little blurry. And he needs it. We need a second touch. You may be in a place today where you need him to touch you. You're in a dark place. You're in a hard place. You're in a difficult place. You're battling things you never dreamed you'd fight with. I didn't mean to, to allude to the fact that preachers only want to fight against principalities and powers. That's not true. Every Christian does that. That's a, that's a, that's a given. You're, it's in your ballpark. I'm just saying there's a few more come up against us than they do you. You need to be saved today. If you know you're lost, he can save you. But until you know you're lost, he can't do nothing for you. Amen. He, he can't. You get lost, you can be found. He came to seek and to save that which was A+. Plus. He didn't come seek and save self-righteous. They don't think they're lost. Though they are, but they don't know it. When you know you're lost, then you can be found. Peter knew he's sinking. He knew he's going down. This is over for Peter until he said, Lord, save me. And then immediately he stretched forth that mighty hand. His arm is not short. Glory to God. Come right where you are. Snatch you up. Stand your feet, bow your heads all over the house. Is there one here today that be honest and say, hey, preacher, I'm unsaved. I'm unsaved. I'm going down. I need a Savior. Is there one that I'm not coming to you? Would you raise your hand and just say, pray for me, Brother Mike? Is there one? Is there one to be honest today? Pray for me. I'm not going to tell you friend, your spouse, your mom or dad. I'll just tell Jesus. You hear today you're a Christian, you're in a dark place. And you're battling something that you're unable to overcome on your own. The Lord's saying, come today. He's saying, come. He's saying, come. I'll save you out of your trouble. I'll carry you through it. Now, it doesn't mean you won't have more trouble. But he will help you. Do you need to come? So others need to come? You in that place? Others need to come. Some coming. You coming? You coming? You think God just give a guy a message in Ohio for me to give to the first free will Baptist church today? He didn't do that for purpose. He wants you. He wants you. Others coming? You coming? Brother Richard, come, come pray for Brother Scott. He just needs, needs some help. Hold his arms up. Be an Aaron and a her too. Others coming? You coming? Some of you, 
Sisters, come and pray with Lisa. Lisa's come, come to the altar. You need some prayer. Listen, there's nothing like, praise God, having another Christian to help you pray. You can pray on your own, but oh, there's something about somebody holding your arms up in the heat of the battle, helping you gain the victory. Praise the Lord. Hey, he's a passing by this morning. Don't walk out of here and miss your opportunity to get what God wants you to have. Come and let him touch you today. So I've heard it, but I'm a little confused. Well, come and let him touch you. Peter wasn't confused. He said, Lord, save me. You need that today. You ought to come. He's, he's trying to talk. He's trying to help you. Look, he can do things exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think. He just said, come, you ought to come. People's coming. You ought to come. God's given the opportunity to come and get it this morning. He's standing at the table yelling, come and get it. He wants to help you. Others coming. Others come, people praying all over the house. You coming? You coming? Family? School? Troubles, the conditions, more than you can bear? Don't understand it? A little confused by it? Confess him. That's what Peter done. Confess him. Lord? Lord? Help me. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.